Shops have closed and streets have fallen silent in protests across Myanmar, marking the two-year anniversary of the military coup that ousted Aung San Suu Kyi and plunged the country into civil war. The consequences of that conflict are stark. Millions of people have been displaced, rural towns have been pillaged and schools were burnt to the ground. Australia has joined the US, the UK and Canada in imposing targeted sanctions against the junta, but there's little prospect of a negotiated peace anytime soon. Thomas Keane is a senior consultant at the International Crisis Group, also the editor-at-large for Frontier Myanmar and our guest. Welcome to Breakfast, Thomas. Thanks for having me, Patricia. You lived in Myanmar for more than a decade until you left in 2021. How has life changed for people since the coup? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a complete um, transformation, really. Um, you know, Myanmar has always had political conflict, um, but the level of crisis that the country is going through now is, is um, you know, it, it hasn't been seen for decades and um, it really has affected um, everyday life um, in a huge range of ways. I mean, there's millions of children that are not in school because their parents object to to military rule. Um, the country is going through an economic crisis. Uh, the conflicts that were always um, going on to some degree have, have spread right across the country. Um, and it's really, I suppose, in the cities, the major cities, there is a degree of, of normalcy. The military has been able to consolidate um, a level of control. But in most parts of the country, um, there is a high level of conflict. So it's just been devastating, really, um, for Myanmar, which seemed to be on a, a fairly um, – well, it, it certainly still had problems, but it was on a, a, a fairly um, positive trajectory, I would say, prior to the coup. Prior to it, that's right. An estimated 19,000 people were killed in the civil war last year. 1.2 million people have been displaced. 70,000 have fled. How present is the conflict in people's lives and how much resistance is going on? Well, people resist in in different ways. As you mentioned yesterday, um, they had what they called a silent strike in the major cities. So these are areas where the military has been able to mainly consolidate control, and it's um, really too dangerous for people to go out and protest on the streets. Um, they have occasional flash protests, and um, but, but a mass protest is just really out of the question. Um, the military shown it would just, it would just shoot people. Um, and so they have what they call a silent strike where people just don't go outside, and, and that is really um, the kind of only realistic way for people in urban areas to, to show their dissatisfaction with the regime. And the, complete, the streets were completely deserted, and I think that shows the level of opposition. But in other areas, um, armed struggle um, has really taken off. Um, in parts of the country that haven't really seen armed conflicts for, for many decades, um, and in those areas, um, the military really doesn't have full control. Uh, and in some parts, it doesn't have any control. Um, these new armed groups have set up administrative bodies to replace the, the government that was there in the past. The state of emergency has been extended and uh, we know that they're saying that elections must be held as the people desire, but we don't have any timeline. Is there any indication of when that will actually happen? Yeah, so under uh, in the Constitution it says that um, the... Uh, there's allowed to be a state of emergency for t for up to two years, 
and then an election should be held in six months. So that would have been an election by August 1 of this year. Um, but the military um, has kind of found a legal loophole in the Constitution. It says the two-year time frame is, um, is normally allowed. And so they've said that this is not a normal situation, so we're going to extend the state of emergency for six months. Um, that probably pushes the election back by another six months. So we, I think we're looking at early 2024. Um, it could be sooner than that, or they could announce another state of emergency um, in six months' time. We really just don't know. Um, and I don't think that the military themselves really um, have made a decision on that yet. They looked like they were gearing up for this election in um, before August um, until a couple of days ago. It, it, um, it didn't seem as though they would extend the, the state of emergency. Um, they've been carrying out preparation for the election. They were going or trying to go door to door to um, collect uh, information from households so they could update the voter list. Um, and they also passed a new political party registration law a few days ago. So that suggests that they were intent on holding elections, um, but they've now announced this delay. So it, it could be up to a year um, if they don't extend the state of emergency further. Australia has, for the first time, joined the US, Canada and the UK in imposing sanctions against the regime. Will Australia's actions have much impact? Yes, that's right. Australia did, did announce sanctions to mark the anniversary of the coup. Uh, sanctions are mostly symbolic. These are targeted sanctions um, and uh, the people who are being targeted, they don't have any assets in, in Australia. Um, Australian companies don't do business with them. Um, they're, they're not going to apply for a visa to come to Australia. Um, but they are important as a, as a signal um, of where Australia stands on the coup, and Australia has taken a long time to apply any sanctions against Myanmar. Um, do you think it's taken too countries? long, just on that? Well, we don't really know the, the reasons behind the delay or what the thinking was um, from the Australian government. Um, Personally, I think um, they should have moved faster on that. Um, but, you know, I'm sure there were a range of factors that they were considering. Uh, other countries are, uh, other kind of like-minded countries are a bit further ahead in terms of their sanctions regimes. So the US, Canada, um, UK, EU um, have put in place many more sanctions. And um, the, the kind of the trend, the latest sort of trend on sanctions, um, having put them already on all the, the the members of the military that are leading the, the administration. Um, they're focusing on um, trying to stop aviation fuel reaching the military because um, the, it's, the Air Force is um, sort of the one area where the military has a decisive advantage over um, the armed groups that are fighting against it. Thomas, many thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for having me. Thomas Keane is a senior consultant with the International Crisis Group and editor-at-large for Frontier Myanmar. It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations live and on demand on the ABC Listen app.